AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. And Kristen, today I thought we'd start with a listener email we got back in March. Okay. After our podcast on whether you need a period every month. Mm-hmm. We got an email from Ginger who said that she was surprised that we didn't mention more of the negative side effects that someone experienced on birth control. Um, you know, when Ginger was on birth control, I hope she doesn't mind me mentioning this, but we're not saying her last name. She suffered from horrible migraine headaches. She knows other women who experienced the same thing. Uh, she's, you know, there are a lot of emotional side effects. She described it as an emotional roller coaster. Mm. She had a friend who had to go off the pill because she was having panic attacks. And another friend whose husband almost loved her because her mood was so affected by birth control that she was a different person. Oh my goodness. That but, sounds terrible. Yeah. But you know, the one thing she didn't mention is a very common side effect of the birth control pill you often hear about lowered libido. Yeah. Um, especially with the, the birth control pill, as you mentioned, as opposed to other types of uh, female birth control methods, a lot more women seem to be uh, voicing concerns over, yeah, a diminished sex drive after after being on the pill for a while. But if you if you look at um, the the common commonly listed side effects on a birth control packaging, the most common side effect you'll probably see is breakthrough bleeding or spotting. Um, and then other side effects include nausea, headaches, breast soreness, acne, depression, moodiness, weight gain. And uh, some doctors are concerned that women are not being informed before they get on the pill about the possibility of the lowered libido. Right. And then other doctors will say, we probably shouldn't tell women because then I'll expect it. Is it a mind over matter thing? I mean, basically, when you take a birth control pill and if you have, you know, an off week, immediately blame the pill for a lowered sex drive. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's not the best marketing tagline either. <laughs> hey, take this pill related to sex. You won't want to have sex anymore, but uh, at least you won't get pregnant. That's how birth control works. So let's talk a little bit about 
this murky territory of oral contraceptives and sex drive, because as you and I have found out through our research, there's not a lot of conclusive evidence one way or the other. So let's talk about why. That's true. Murky is the key word because they weren't even studying sexual dysfunction in women until very recently. Mm -hmm. I think as early as like 1999, I mean, it was the first huge like nationwide study on female sexual dysfunction in the United States, which I found to be pretty astounding. But there's been anecdotal evidence for, you know, many decades, as the New York Times points out. Uh, in an article by Mary Dewenwald that, you know, women know, they might whisper to each other, hey, mm-hmm. if you're not in the mood, it might be a birth control pill. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was uh, a study that came out in the Journal of Sexual Medicine that this article in the New York Times talks about uh, that r- relates uh, this potential diminished sex drive to the level of a certain protein in a woman's body that is caused by oral birth control. Right. Basically, it all goes back to good old testosterone, the Mm -hmm. sex hormone. But here's how your pill might affect it. An oral contraceptive blocks testosterone production in the ovaries. But at the same time, it's increasing the production in the liver of a sex hormone uh, binding mechanism called globulin. Mm -hmm. And basically what the globulin does is it attaches to all the free testosterone in your blood, which makes it inactive. And basically without any active testosterone, you can't get in the mood. Yeah, and um, what what scientists also found when they were looking at the levels of globulin in uh, a woman's body who had been taking oral contraceptives, even after some women stopped taking birth control pills, the levels of globulin in their body were still much higher um, yeah. than it, it took a long time to, to for it to even work its way kind of out of the body and and for those levels to to at least return back to slightly normal levels. Right. So it was sort of a disappointing conclusion that even if you're getting off the pill because you have this lowered libido, you may not see effects for several months. But we should probably note that this study came out and not everyone bought into it. No, this has been a, a pretty contentious study because uh, a, a lot of scientists are still kind of hesitant to say that this single sexual side effect is really, you know, caused by oral birth control pills. Right. They don't want to say just a single protein like globulin is responsible for all of this. But then when they try and pin the blame on something, it kind of, this is again where it gets murky, they're willing to blame everything. Yeah. If you look at uh, just general information about female sexual dysfunction, it just, it runs the gamut. They basically say, well, you know, it could be anything. You could just be stressed out. You could have bad hormone levels. You could be in a stressful relationship, et cetera, et cetera. It's just kind of like, well, if you have a problem, go see your doctor. Because we can't really tell you what the problem is. Yeah, and if you go see your doctor, basically what you would really need uh, is an hour to tell him everything that's going on with your life. But I don't think any doctor has an hour besides a psychologist. And that's just, you know... A 50 minute hour. But even though there have been some divisions among, uh, among experts about whether or not oral birth control really does diminish sex drive, uh, there has been a few studies that do say Yes, this is a problem for women. In research conducted by the Kinsey Institute, it found that at least one in four users of oral contraceptives uh, suffered from diminished sex drive. And there was one specific study that I found that that looked at 
women who were on birth control for three, six, and 12 months and, and looked at the reasons why some of the women stopped taking oral contraceptives. And it found that uh, of the 47% of women who discontinued oral birth control pills, the emotional side effects and uh, decreased frequency of sexual thoughts and psychosocial arousability Ooh. categorized 87% of the cases, like of the reasons why they, uh, they stopped taking oral birth control. So it seems like from this Kinsey Institute study, this is having a pretty big effect on women ditching the pill. Yeah, and anecdotal evidence that, you know, every single article on this will pick up the fact that, you know, the woman quit taking the birth control pill, life became better, the love life picked up. But then all of a sudden, you know, when your love life picks up, you need the pill. It's sort of a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, But then on top of this Kinsey Institute study, we have another study published in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology that says, well, you know what? Side effects aren't really a big factor for women quitting oral contraceptives. This was a similar type of study of women looking at three, six, 12 months of taking the birth control pill. And this study found that most subjects reported no changes in headaches, weight, moodiness, or sexual satisfaction during the first three months and concluded that side effects are a less important reason for discontinuation than widely believed. Right. And anecdotal evidence in all these articles will pick up on that, too. You'll have uh, doctors in these articles saying things like, well, you're going to start taking a birth control pill and three things are going to happen. Your libido is going to go up or your libido is going to go down or it's going to stay the same. And you know what, Molly? I think uh, that's the same effect of, oh, I don't know, eating eating a sermon of mashed potatoes one night. Yeah. Maybe it'll put you in the mood. Maybe it won't. And you go to stay a, the same. Yeah. We could go to a play. Same thing could happen. Exactly. Could go outside. The same thing will happen. There's just no telling. It's kind of frustrating to see how, you know, little people know about this. And this was one of the biggest complaints from the Kinsey Institute was that they were hearing all these anecdotes of women who were on oral birth control and having the diminished sexual side effects. But doctors, like you mentioned earlier, doctors weren't talking about it to their patients. It wasn't being mentioned very much in the literature surrounding oral birth control. And uh, they thought it was a pretty big problem. So Molly, this made me wonder a little bit about female sexual dysfunction in general. Maybe this is just the symptom of a wider problem. Right. And it's very hard to study sexual dysfunction, first of all, we should note, because what is normal? You know, there is no normal, like, number of times you should have sex a week, normal way to feel about sex. So it's very hard to study this, for one thing. Mm -hmm. Well, Molly, I was so surprised to stumble on a University of Chicago study on sexual dysfunction in women that came out in 1999. And it concluded that about 40% of women... And 30% of men in the United States suffer from sexual dysfunction. And I had no idea that the percentage would be that high. But even more fascinating to me was the finding that sexual dysfunction is the highest among younger women. It was 21% of the women in the study aged 18 to 29 reported physical pain with intercourse. 27% reported experiencing non-pleasurable sex and 16% reported sexual anxiety. Jeeps. Yeah. And and if you look at, think about that age group, 18 to 29, culturally, that is the time when, you know, women are probably expected to have the most sex during their life. Right. But who's telling us that? Popular culture. Popular culture. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to, I hate to go back to the age old reference, but. 
Case in point, Sex in the City. You know? Yeah. It's a very popular show. These women are having sex all the time. Um, you know, and so maybe things like that influence women to think, well, if they're not having sex like five times a week, then something's got to be wrong. Yeah. But Molly, as we found out from the Mayo Clinic, it might not, it might not be that. It might not be that. You know, besides those numbers you just threw out there, Kristen, some of the other things I found interesting were the number of doctors who say that you shouldn't just immediately change your, your type of pill, because that's mm-hmm. what I'd always heard that if you are having trouble with one type of birth control pill, try another one until you find one that works. But really they're saying what you should look at is other things that might be going into your system, like antidepressants. They can lower libido. Alcohol, even though you might think that it gets you in the mood, it ultimately dampens your sex drive. Uh, what else is going on in your life? Fatigue, stress, low self-esteem, relationship issues. Uh, so it, it might just not be the birth control pill, but they are saying that instead of pill hopping, you might want to choose another method of administering those hormones to your body. They're showing that um, method of the way the hormone is delivered makes a difference. So if mm-hmm. you're on something that's like the birth control shot or the NuvaRing, ways that which uh, the hormones are just going into your body differently than by mouth, it might make a difference. Yeah, and um, kind of going back to uh, all of those reasons you were talking about that, that could be contributing to a diminished sex drive, um, one thing that I read from the Mayo Clinic that uh, a woman's desire for sex is based on a complex interaction of physical well-being, emotional well-being, experiences, beliefs, lifestyle and current relationships. So basically every major factor of your life is contributing to your activity or lack of activity in the bedroom. Yeah, it was sort of, uh, it's a little bit overwhelming to basically be told, examine your entire life, including all your beliefs, thoughts, ideas, relationships. But like you said, that, that doesn't mean that you just have to kick birth control. Um, since there are so many other other methods out there right now, it might just be a matter of talking to your doctor about what's going on and seeing if, if you might be able to, to change things up a little bit. Um, and the Mayo Clinic did recommend some lifestyle changes that it says can make a big difference in your desire for sex. And uh, I think these can go for making a big difference in your quality of life in general, um, such as regular exercise, uh, coping better with stress, being happier, because that's so simple to do. And um, this one, strengthening your pelvic muscles. Right. Kegels. That's, the Kegels. That's a, always a good piece of advice. And the Mayo Clinic also gives us such relationship tips as make time for intimacy. Yes. Perhaps you're just not making enough time to experience the rubbing up of your sex drive. Yeah. So so thanks for that, Mayo Clinic. And you know what, Molly? I think beyond this, I don't think that we need to deliver uh, much more sex advice for our listeners. I don't think that that's really our realm of expertise. So I would advise maybe... You know, going and talking to an expert if you have a problem. Right. Talk to a doctor. Yeah. But just remember, the, the thing I think, Molly, from all of this that I think you can take the most comfort from is what you said about uh, there's no such thing as a normal amount of sex. True. Not everyone is Carrie Bradshaw. True. And thank God for that. I don't know. I'd like her shoes. True. Well, we want to hear from you guys. So if you have any questions or comments for me or Molly or any suggestions about things that you would like to hear us talk about on Stuff Mom Never Told You, feel free to send us an email at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And if you would like to learn more about the birth control pill, contraceptives, and sexual health in general, head on over to howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 
Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.